The Athletic Podcast Network is supported by the Quip Electric Toothbrush, known as the iPhone of toothbrushes. Engineered by industrial designers, Quip is sleek and simple. Time Magazine named Quip one of their best inventions of the year. GQ declared it one of the best grooming products on the market, and Oprah put it on her prestigious O-list. Join millions of brushers who use Quip to make their mouths happy and healthy. Get your first refill free at getquip.com slash listen. That's getquip.com slash listen. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, it is Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. We're back. We've been away for a little bit, but this is another episode of 1% Better. Colts offseason, getting ready to go into, I guess, the next gear, Zach. Uh, the NFL Combine yeah. is here. We've kind of been uh, light on headlines lately, but that's that's not necessarily a bad thing, I guess. Um, so not a whole lot going on with the Colts, but that's about to change, certainly. Uh, right. The, the combine, it really is just, you know, just to, to briefly touch on this, the combine is just an amazing event in terms of like what it's become. It's it's unbelievable. So it's like if you haven't been downtown during the combine, then maybe you don't know this. But if you ever have, then certainly you guys have seen this. But Zach, like it's it's basically an NFL convention, right? I mean, I mean is that a fair yeah, statement? It's a, that's a good way to put it. You cannot walk anywhere. can't go to any restaurant, any Starbucks around the convention center. St. Elmo's all that area without seeing some prospect wearing NFL gear or some assistant coach wearing NFL gear or someone famous like Jerry Jones just walking around. It's really a surreal couple of days in downtown Indianapolis. I once one year uh, during the combine many years ago went to St. Elmo's. This is even before I moved to Indianapolis. I was covering the combine, went to St. Elmo's and we randomly were sitting at a table next to another group. At that table, there were five head coaches. Literally five head coaches Jeez. of the like six people at the table. And I was like, okay. Because they're all there. Yeah. We were yeah. at uh, Harry and Izzy's last year and I looked to my left and Dan Marino sitting there signing his bill. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like one of the top eight quarterbacks of all time just sitting next to me having his his filet at St. Elmo's or Harry and Izzy's. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I bet he, he ordered the uh, – he didn't go cheap on the steak, I bet. So – Anyhow, so all the agents are required to attend this thing, or most agents will attend. They have meetings that are required, so they tend to be there. All the executives and head coaches are there. So it's they're there for the prospects, but this is really like one-stop shopping also for free agency yeah. and trades and, and all of that. So that brings us, Zach, to the next phase of this. Obviously, we'll talk prospects and stuff next week. Uh, we, we will hear from Chris Ballard and Frank Reich as well, but... Right now, the storyline is rumors, right? This is the rumor time of year. I mean, this yeah. morning, watching the ESPN, right. Tom Brady conversation, where, where is he headed? Yep. Uh, we've got quarterback conversation here, too. And uh, the the predominant one, and I don't think we've addressed this on a podcast yet, the predominant one is Phillip Rivers. Now, right. we can think what we want about Phillip Rivers, but uh, this has been just a constant storyline i feel like nationally colts philip rivers like it's a shoe-in as far as some people are concerned i don't feel that way right but i gotta tell you i, I think there's something somebody must have said something because it feels like either philip rivers camp has been saying this maybe and can starting this colts narrative or something i don't know I, I don't know that i'm just throwing that out there because i was reading peter king yesterday for example and he is doubling down it's the colts i mean it is 
it, this is really becoming um, just a you know some assumption really at this point. Um, we feel what what you say what though I I don't I'm not convinced. But what do you think? Yeah, neither am I. And rarely does a veteran quarterback become available that fits so many boxes with a particular team. I think than the Colts. You've got the coaching connection. Frank Reich has said some very, very glowing things about Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers has said the same thing about Frank Reich. Um, the Colts are absolutely in the quarterback market. They absolutely need to get better at the position one way or another. The Colts are loaded right now with in terms of cash. I mean, they, literally, there's no player they can't afford right now. Right. Um, $86 million in salary cap space. It doesn't work out to be exactly, you know, it doesn't work exactly like that, but the bottom line is they've got the money if they want to spend $30 million a year on a quarterback. Philip Rivers has parted ways with the Los Angeles Chargers and is looking for something new. And he wants to join a team that's very, very obviously ready to win. And I'm not saying the Colts are ready to go to the Super Bowl if Philip Rivers happens to join them. But we've talked about this before, and it's a very, very friendly quarterback situation. You've got Frank Reich, a, a QB-minded head coach. You've got a really good running back. You've got a really good offensive line. They need to get better at receiver beyond T.Y. Hilton, and I think they will this offseason. And they've got a pretty good, solid up-and-coming defense, notwithstanding the last month of the year where they completely fell apart, but that was without Kenny Moore. And um, they've got work to do on that side of the ball as well. But the Colts, in so many regards, check off the boxes if you're Phillip Rivers. But do the Colts want Phillip Rivers? That's the question. And the one name I haven't brought up, the one name everybody keeps forgetting about, he was under contract for one more year, and that's Jacoby Brissett. This is my stance, and I want to get your thoughts from talking to people as well, because I've been talking to people as well. And the Colts are higher on Jacoby Brissett than the fan base is. Oh, yeah. And whether the fan base wants to accept that or not, they're not the ones making the decision. So the only thing that really matters is what the Colts think, because the Colts are the ones that are going to be deciding who's playing quarterback for them next year. And I'm not ruling out Phillip Rivers. I'm really not ruling out anything. Yeah. The only thing I know for a fact is that they got to get better at quarterback next year. Whether that's Jacoby Brissett playing much better, I don't know if that's possible, or that's someone else. Um, we'll see. But um, I still think the draft is the play this team makes. But like you said, the combine heats up. All these conversations are going to start next week, informally, formally, however you want to make it. Then we move into March, and we've got a, a little bit of a stretch until free agency really gets going the 18th. And then from there, anything can happen. But um, this is the one thing everyone's forgetting is the Colts have to want Phillip Rivers as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I agree with you when you say uh, the Colts have a higher opinion of Jacoby Brissett than perhaps the fans base does. That is definitely true. And and I think we have seen evidence of that, not even just since the season ended, but I think all throughout the season. And that has right. remained consistent even after the season. Now, that does not mean they are married to Jacoby Brissett. They're clearly not. Uh, he is under contract yeah. for just this coming year. But that being said, and the jury's still out. Yeah, as sure. Chris Ballard said. No one's no one's anointed him anything beyond just the current starter, and so that can change tomorrow. But uh, the, I do think there's a high bar here in terms of unseating Jacoby Brissett as the starter, uh, particularly for an existing quarterback coming from another team. I, I think that to I, I think that that door is open, but I think it's not uh, a. a, a hurdle I guess that would be easily cleared if that makes sense or a bar that would be easily cleared so I think 
The question for the Colts as it relates to Philip Rivers and Frank Reich is best positioned to know this. The question is, how much of an upgrade is Philip yes. Rivers? I think he's an upgrade. He is. The question is, is it a massive upgrade? Probably not massive, uh, but he certainly is very different. Uh, he's a gunslinger. Jacoby is the opposite, right? And I don't even know how you compare them because they're so different. But but I do know that Frank Reich is well positioned to to understand uh, how he could operate and function this offense with those res- respective quarterbacks. And I think that is their biggest asset here. And Nick Sirianni as well, by the way, who spent a lot of time with Phillip Rivers. So they are they're going to go into this with their eyes open. Uh, they're going to consider the Philip Rivers thing. I mean, how could they not? They yeah. have to at least consider it. They're going to consider but, everything. I think they're going to consider Brady. Yeah. Even though I, I think mean, he ends I think up everything in the should be on the table. Yeah. Everything should be on the table. Uh, look, I mean, you can draft a quarterback and they probably will, or at least there's a good chance they will. But is that guy going to be ready to roll on, uh, on Labor Day weekend? Well, I don't know yeah. about that. We'll see. You know, so I think they're probably working under the assumption that. At least I am. At least that uh, I went back and looked at Chris Ballard's quotes from the end of the season this week, and yeah, you know, one of the things that he said was, well, "It might have been your question." In fact, <laughs> somebody suggested, "Well, you guys got a lot of glaring holes." Yeah, he didn't like, that. and he said <laughs> he took great offense to that. He was like, "Well, I don't know about glaring holes." Yeah, and his that was his way of saying, "Hey, buddy, we got a pretty good football team." Yeah, so I, I agree with him on that. To be honest, yeah, I do. I do. I, I, I mean, the, the, they're in the quarterback situation because the quarterback was 29 years old and he walked away in, in October, right. you know, August 25th or whatever. That's not that's not the Colts' fault. Yeah, they need to get better. One receiver. year ago, they, they were they yeah. were Super Bowl contender. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So that's um, where we are. here's what I think, though. So. And this is what they've got to run through. They've got to run through all these scenarios because if you make the short-term play, which is Philip Rivers, two years, crazy amount of money, right? You have mm-hmm. to have a long-term play as well. So that means maybe the draft, maybe you draft a kid and let him sit. But you can't just roll the dice with Philip Rivers and not have a plan. You can't put yourself right. in a spot where next offseason, if things go terrible, you have no quarterback. Like, you have no play. I mean, ask the Broncos. They've been trying to find a quarterback for five yeah. years since Peyton retired. And they just keep swinging and missing because they put all their chips into the draft on this young kid. Or they signed Joe Flacco and he lasts eight, nine games and it just doesn't work. You can't put yourself in a position where going into an offseason, you have to find a quarterback. It just doesn't it, – it very, very, very rarely works like that. So I think you need to both attack the short-term and the long-term if this is your play. And you also have to ask yourself if if Rivers is that much of an upgrade over Brissett when Brissett's healthy. And this is what I wrote earlier in this week, and whether fans like this or not, you have to take into account Jacoby's knee injury this year. To weigh his season objectively, you absolutely have to. I mean, this guy went from a 99 quarterback rating in the first seven games to a 75 quarterback rating. I mean, I'm not saying he played well the whole year, but he played winning football the first half of the season, and he played absolutely the opposite type of football the second half of the season. The only thing that changed was T.Y. Hilton's injury, and T.Y. Hilton wasn't the same, and that makes a big deal. And it's also the knee. I mean, he had an MCL sprain, and he played through that. So um, these are the things the Colts are weighing right now. They're thinking about this objectively, as objectively as possible. And I, I... I don't think that the Philip Rivers that we see now, this is not Philip Rivers in 2009, 2011. This is 2020. I don't think he's a huge upgrade. I think he's an upgrade, but it's I don't know if the 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 end would justify the means to go get him and spend all that money and basically just 
put all your chips on Philip Rivers for the next couple of years. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right about having to have a long-term situation and a short-term situation. Those have to be simultaneous. There's no question. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think the Colts know that, and I think that would be the, the play, certainly. But but that has to happen. It, it cannot be a singular move here. It has to be, all right, Philip Rivers now – but what are we doing later? And I think that's the way they'll approach it because they're smart. But uh, I agree with you. I think that they they have a situation here where Jacoby Brissett, look, he, what, even if you think that Jacoby played bad football in 2019, and that's fine, I, or let's rephrase that. Even if you think Jacoby Brissett is not very good, and and that's a fair point. Like, if you feel that way, that that's to, I can point to a lot of evidence that could that could sort of lead me to that conclusion. And I can point to evidence that says, all right, this guy can play. But but even if you think he's not very good, which is, as I said, totally fine. The one thing you can't say is that you, you can't say that he was not dramatically worse in that final fourth of the season than he was yeah. prior oh, to the injury. Yeah. Like That is absolutely true. It was hard to like, watch. You, you can't objectively watch him. And say, oh yeah, that's the exact same guy. No, it's it's, it's not. That that was horrible. Right. right. You I have mean, to acknowledge comparison. that. Even the biggest Jacoby Brissett haters have to. I have to acknowledge that he fell off a cliff the last half of the season. Right. Because I've I've gotten into a debate when I've had this conversation with you know because I think sometimes people don't look at the situation objectively with Brissett and the the feedback I get is well no he was terrible all the way through like okay well yeah no you saw the flaws we all saw the flaws like there's flaws there but just because those flaws were there doesn't mean that he didn't take a turn for the worst late in the season so I think that is I think both things can be true so yeah. is what I'm getting at so uh, let's what, what about the other quarterbacks out there so yeah I was just about to say look what so here's a name I get all the time and you probably do too Teddy Bridgewater I have thoughts do you have thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater because I'll give you my thoughts <laughs> I don't have really strong thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater I know he played really really well for the Saints last year but I mean I mean, Sean Payton's a miracle worker with quarterbacks, man. Taysom Hill. I mean, what he's done with Breeze. I don't know. What do you? Where do you come down on Teddy Bridgewater? I think Teddy Bridgewater is like Jacoby Brissett plus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and I don't mean like dramatically better. <laughs> I mean, he's first of all playing for the freaking Saints. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Michael and Sean Thomas Payton is open every right? play. Because he's awesome. Sean Payton and Michael Thomas and and that offense, uh, that's a machine. Okay, yeah. let's be clear. So, so that's that's number one. Number two, if your beef with Jacoby Brissett is, oh, he doesn't stretch the field, he's not aggressive. Guess what? Neither is neither is Teddy Bridgewater. I can see the Rivers argument because that guy's going to throw it up there and he's going to be aggressive. Sure. He's going to take shots. I can see fans. Like if you're Ty that. Hilton, you're like, all right. Yeah. I'll try that. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. watched Andrew Luck for six years, that's what he did. He took shots. If you, you Peyton Manning, that went up and down the field. Sure, Brissett was a stark difference to that. I get it, but these guys yeah, are hard to I find. I think if you're if you're pushing the, if if there's if your beefs with Jacoby Brissett was all right, he's not aggressive. He doesn't make the throws down the field. He doesn't give guys an opportunity to make plays. All those are fair beefs. But if those are your beefs, I don't think that you necessarily completely fix all of those issues by signing Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's going to be efficient. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of high percentage throws. Does it excite you? Out. Does it excite the fan base? Does it lift your team up? I How many more games does. do they win? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at with it. I, I just don't think it it has a dramatic impact on 
on their outcomes. But he's going to he's so, going to command a market. He's going to be out yeah. there and he's going to be an enticing guy. Just, just you know, depending on where Brady goes and where Rivers goes, I think then you're going to start to see what the market looks like for a guy like Bridgewater. Yeah, I think Teddy was on the perfect team a few years ago when he went to Minnesota. Good running game. Yeah. Good defense. Yeah. And that's the perfect situation for him. I mean, kind of like Brissett, right? I mean, yeah. you want a team that has those sort of elements around him. Brissett needs he, a lot around him, which there's, you know, there's no shame in that. It's the NFL. I get it. Yeah, I think Bridgewater's the same. I mean, unless you find unless you find him a team where you've got a bunch of stud skill position players. I mean, not not to mention, by the way, Alvin Kamara in, in New Orleans as well. So, I mean, right. like, you've got some great skill position talent there uh, that – Changes everything. Whereas Jacoby Brissett had uh, T.Y. Hilton, kind of, and, you know, like Zach Pascal, right? I mean, Marlon yeah. Mack had a great year as well, but yeah. certainly had an injury. Zach Pascal, the Colts' leading receiver in 2019, 607 yards. Yeah, I mean, eh, you know, so I, I think that's, that's just a reality when it comes to Bridgewater. Now, here's where it gets interesting. So we already told you this is the time of year that people start talking, right? So I've heard from some people. And one thing that I heard recently, um, now I'm not breaking news here. I'm telling you, I'm giving you sort of a rumor that I heard, but the source is good, right? So I, I just can't tell you the source, but the point is <laughs> I've been told to keep an eye on Derek Carr in that situation. And as it relates to the Colts, oh, uh, we, okay. know the we, Raiders, mm-hmm, we know that the Raiders, we know that the Raiders are, well, John Gruden specifically, uh, he always has his eye on other quarterbacks, and they're in the Tom Brady conversation. They'll be in the conversation probably for for a lot of quarterbacks. I, I, I don't know. The Raiders could do anything. Who knows, right? Right. And so that is proven. I mean, the guy traded Khalil Mack. So that's all I got to say. <laughs> and Amari Cooper. So the Raiders are, are capable of anything. So let's say they make a quarterback move. Uh, Derek Carr is going to be available, people. And – I've been told the Colts are willing to have a conversation about that. That doesn't mean they pull the trigger and do the deal. That doesn't even mean they love Derek Carr. It yeah. just means they were they're willing to investigate that. And and I think that tells you that that's a, a quarterback they see as workable, you know, or potentially workable. Absolutely. And I don't disagree with that. I'm on board. He's twenty eight years old, man. He's been in Raiders old. hell for six years. Yeah. And I mean, you guys you watched Hard Knocks last year. I mean Poor guy, man. If I'm Derek Carr, I'm I'm ready to get out. Um, And I think Mark Davis is just crazy enough to go write a blank check for Tom Brady. If Brady indeed wants to go and leave New England, the Raiders are going to Vegas this fall, and they want you don't think they want Tom Brady on posters outside their new fancy stadium to to really build up that that brand and that new location and that new home base. You know, I mean. Absolutely, the Raiders are crazy enough to go and try and sign Tom Brady. And if they do, there's a quarterback who I think could return to the MVP form he played in 2016 before, remember, Trent Cole. We were down there at that game in Oakland. Trent Cole busted his leg, and and, and the Raiders' season basically evaporated from there. But to that point, Derek Carr was at least in the conversation for the MVP, and the Raiders were looking at a bye in the playoffs. Now, you don't think Derek Carr would would welcome a change of scenery with a great running game and these things I just listed, a great offensive line. I don't think he has any relationship with Frank Reich, but I don't anticipate that being an issue. Frank Reich, Nick Sirianni, um, getting out of Vegas, getting out of the Raiders. 
Um, I think it'd be a fresh start. And, and, and look, this is just me opining on this, but I think Derek Carr would be a home run land for the Colts. I think well, it'd be an absolute huge step up from where they're at right now. Yeah, and, and so the Derek Carr intrigue is interesting for this reason too because if let's say somehow this happened and i know there's like 14 steps that have to happen before this actually became reality so i I understand that but let's just throw it out there since we're already there let's let's play this out if Derek carr were to somehow end up in a Colts uniform guess what that does that solves two birds with one stone now you're not talking about short term and long term you're You're talking talking about about, no he's your guy you got the answer get five-year deal he's your guy sign him you know what I mean? Uh, assuming if you make the move, that means you you see him that way, right? Right. So I, I'm assuming that's how they. I see, haven't heard a bad him. thing about him. I know he's been playing in a difficult situation. He had the Antonio yeah. Brown saga that could not have been easy for a quarterback. They've had the Gruden thing. They've had the move from Oakland to Vegas. They've it's had weird coaching, yeah. you know, decisions. This would be a total change of pace. A stable franchise, a dedicated head coach to the quarterback position. Um, a lot of talent around him. The Colts are not going to be shipping Darius Leonard out in a trade anytime soon. Uh, I think right. I think both sides would be very, very interested. And like you said earlier in this podcast, you have to evaluate everything. And if this is on the table, if this is a possibility, I think it's one you consider very, very, very seriously. Yeah. So, anyway, that's probably all we got on quarterbacks. I mean, at least, well, we could go on, but those are the Let me ask you about one points. more guy. And this is totally out of left field, and this will never happen. (laughs) But I'm curious because if the Lions move up and take Tua at three, which I think everyone is saying they're going to do now, that means Matthew Stafford is suddenly without a job, right? Because Tua's – I mean, I don't know if Tua's going to play next year, but Matthew Stafford's going to be looking to go somewhere else, right? Right. I mean, he's still young enough that he could go somewhere and play for a long time. Right. And he's – you look. You got to look at the back, right? That's. I mean, the Colts are not going to walk into any situation with a quarterback who's been injured and take it lightly because of their injury history over the past couple of years with the quarterback right. and how much that derailed everything they had planned. Let's say he's healthy. Let's say he's good. I mean, Matthew Stafford has passed for a billion yards in this league. Uh, he's never really had a good team to play with, um, besides Megatron in those years. But they never made it past the first round of the playoffs. I mean, if that becomes available, I I pay big money for Matthew Stafford. I would. I think he's. I think he's really, really, really good. Oh, well, I will tell you this: the Colts would win a ton of games with Matt Stafford. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, they would win a ton of games. Listen, yeah, I mean, all I can tell you is yeah. that this offseason is going to be the most uh, breakneck quarterback offseason we have probably seen in many, many years. It's right. gonna, at least it has the potential to be. Uh, certainly, if Tom Brady, if that domino falls and he leaves, and that is absolutely possible, it looks like. Uh, if that happens, then who knows what else could happen. I mean, this this is going to be so intriguing. Drew Brees obviously going back to New Orleans, but but everything else is off the is everything yeah. is on the table outside of yeah. that, it looks yeah. like. It starts so. with Brady and we'll see how that goes. But Rivers is out there. Rivers is gonna be a free yeah. agent very soon and he's and gonna probably take some visits and meet with some teams and it's gonna be really fascinating. I've never I can't remember a free agency Bigger than this one in terms of the biggest position. In terms of the quarterbacks, I cannot nope. remember one with more star, star power. Yeah, they don't become free agents. So, anyhow, we'll we'll wind this down. So, we'll be back uh, during the combine, uh, give you some updates. Uh, certainly, we should learn more next week, so stay tuned for that. And I think in the coming weeks, you'll be hearing from us as well because there's going to be news and things are going to heat up and the Colts are going to be in a lot of conversations uh, that are surrounding 
uh, some of the more prominent players in the league. So it's going to be very interesting. Certainly free agency is is out there too. And they, they could be a player to some extent there. I know they won't go crazy, but but they're going to be in the, in the mix. On that note, check out my story today, uh, which gives you five predictions for this Colts offseason. I kicked it off with one particular free agent who I hear is uh, is very possibly going to wind up in Indianapolis. So you can check that out on The Athletic right now. And uh, certainly take advantage of our discounts available to you there, 40% off uh, annual subscription. So I am Stephen Holder here with Zach Keeper. Thank you for listening. Uh, this is 1% Better. And stay tuned for more. And stay tuned to the episode.